Hello and welcome. If you can hear the sound of my voice, we are back. It is May 11th. We are recording this, which means if you're listening to it, it's May 12th. Happy May. We are in the month of May. Or it's May 13th. Or it's you're May- allowed. To, you're actually allowed to listen to this on the <laughs> day. No, it's only out for one day, and you have to catch it then. Otherwise, it's never. It goes away Very forever. Exclusive. Yeah, and it's only in a three-hour period that you can listen to it. <laughs> it's from 8 to 11, and if you can't listen to it then, then you're not a real fan. Exclusivity is how you, you know, really sell your product. If we just give it out too easy, then... Yeah. Uh, hey, it works for it works for Korean restaurants in, like, the mall, in the Ped Mall. They were open for, like, three hours during lunch, and that was it. <laughs> and it was like everyone was there. It was great. <laughs> Smart strategy. Smart strategy. All right. It's like uh, the Tom Haverford when he's like, I can't remember what his idea is, but it, it's in a nightclub that's called Eclipse. It's open one night of the year for one hour. <laughs> there you go. That's marketing and branding right there. We are on top of it. Uh, welcome back. We took a week off after the NFL draft. That was kind of the culmination of what I'm calling season four, which means. We are in season five. Welcome to a new season of sports. Uh, it's going to be an exciting one. This one's going to be a little longer than the other ones. It's going to take us through the end of all the playoffs. So the NBA, the NHL, and the Euro 2021 tournament. Um, so That's what you say to- now, Yannick. And then in a it- couple weeks, you're going to say, <laughs> welcome to season six. And, hey, all right. la- last season four, I said it would take us through the N- NFL draft. And what did it do? It took us through the NFL draft. So... I am I I don't appreciate the cynicism. I am on on brand right now. Thank you very much. Uh, not cynicism, just uh, I don't even know what the word is. There you go. Um, but yeah, we're excited to talk about uh, sports as it gets into playoff season for a lot of different things. Uh, next week we'll take, you know, we'll take our first preview of the NBA and NHL playoff first rounds uh, since that's culminating. Um, but really, right now we're going to talk about the NFL draft. I mean, what a draft! New dynasties were formed, teams failed and succeeded, young players everywhere got their dreams underway. Um, you know, always love the NFL draft, you know, for you know, it's always exciting to watch, but also it, it means so much for these young players. Um, really kind of a lot of them being set for a successful life. Um, and some of them never imagined that with some of the backgrounds that some of them come from. So congrats to all the people drafted, congrats to all the undrafted rookies um, signed afterwards. Uh, your careers are underway. We're excited to watch and see what you ha- uh, what you do and what happens. Uh, as always, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at the number two BP underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram at two beers, please underscore podcast. And then you can find our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Please review, follow, and subscribe. Sh- show us some love as we kind of get into it. You got our- one day to listen. You got one day to listen, uh, and I will not forgive you. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking NFL draft as well as a lot of news from around the sports world. Uh, a lot of, I'm going to be asking Matt about some Green Bay Packers news, see what his take is on it. Uh, and we'll be reviewing the draft as well. But first, how are we feeling today, Matt? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm exhausted, but uh, feeling good. Got back from, from a wedding in, in Scottsdale this weekend. Got to go out there to celebrate my wonderful friends, Jacob and, and now Peyton Hagedorn. Uh, so very, very happy for them. Wishing them the absolute best. And I, I just absolutely adore weddings. Like I, I fucking love weddings. You get the celebration of love, 
you get delicious food and, and adult beverages, you get to dance all night, like they just rule. And then I think too, like as I get older, and like as somebody that doesn't, I mean, obviously, Jacob and, and Peyton don't live in Iowa either, but I don't live in Iowa. Like, I, I think there's, it's a great time to, to get a, to see a bunch of people um, that you got to grow up with. I went to college with Peyton and Jacob, so a bunch of college friends. I went to high school with Jacob, so a bunch of high school friends. But I even had a buddy there who I, I've known him since like kindergarten, but I hadn't gotten to see him in a while. So just a great time to, to catch up with, with people that have been a part of your life for a long time, whether or not you, you get to see them anymore on a regular basis. But I'm doing well, feeling, feeling good. Like I said, it, it kicks my ass a little bit, but that's, that's usually the sign of a good weekend, right? Uh, I mean, yeah. And if, if you didn't have a good weekend and you still feel like that, that's the sign of a bad weekend. So that's yeah. more, more importantly, that's the case. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, Peyton and Jacob. Do you only go to weddings that you get invited to? Or are you a wedding crasher as well? Do you find I've, ways to, I've never, I've never crashed a wedding, but I've always wanted to. Yeah, I feel like I you'd be, be good at it. I think you'd be good at it. I feel like you you could weasel your way in Hold there on. and and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah. have only I'm Aunt, Car- I'm Aunt Carla's son. You know, <laughs> you just have there to make go. up. You know, you just have to make it and play the part. Like act like you belong, and and you're good. You don't remember me, bro. That sucks. How could you not? Remember freshman year ninety four? <laughs> Except I feel like it can't be like when I watch Wedding Crashers, I'm like, can you really? Could you really go to like the nice weddings? Because like if it's a nice nice wedding, you have like a specific seat at the dinner and everything like that. Like I, you'd have to really do some finagling to to make that happen. Challenge accepted. Honestly, um, yeah, I've only ever been to one wedding uh, since I've like. I went to one when I was a kid, but I don't really count that. I've been to one. Uh, it was my friend Emily's wedding. I'm going to my second in September. Uh, it's my buddy Tyler's wedding. Excited to go there. Uh, we're going to have like some kind of bachelor week that will probably knock me out for a couple weeks. So in September, if you were missing the Two Beers, Please podcast for a little bit, or it's just Matt, <laughs> it's because Yannick's dead in a ditch Yannick somewhere. Is, Yannick is still recovering. Oh, my dude, my liver and my wallet are both still just scouring the desert, just I don't. Oh, I don't know where they're at. Wallet, a little yeah. dust comes out. <laughs> a little poof of dust. A cartoon poof of dust. <laughs> oh boy, the Indiana Jones. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're back for the Two Beers Please podcast. We are back in the beer garden. What are we drinking today, Matthew? I'm drinking water. Are you kidding <laughs> me? I think after everything I've said, you think I'm enjoying a beer on this Tuesday afternoon? God no, I'm. <laughs> I was talking to one of my buddies and he was like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to just like a chill weekend. I was like, I'm looking forward to a chill like month. I, <laughs> so I've got a nice mighty fine H2O in the words of Bobby Boucher. There you go. Yeah. Matt's on my sobriety may. That's his, that's his, <laughs> that's the theme of his month. Uh, I, already, I already fucked it up in the first weekend, but <laughs> the rest of my, my sobriety may. There you go. Well, I, uh, I'm i also taking it light. I didn't want to go crazy. I am drinking uh, a PBR. I had some stomach issues this past week, and I'm just like, ugh, I don't want anything complicated. So just a good old PBR to drink with my boy. That's all Can't you go need. wrong with that. Right. There you go. Give a sound for the start of season five. Oh, yeah. A sound. What a sound. All right. We've discussed beer. We've discussed how our days are going. That means it's time for the sports talk. We're going to go into the quickfire news section. 
Uh, we'll start it off with a bang. The Champions League final has been decided. Spoiler alert, boring. Who cares? I don't want anyone to win. If all both teams could lose, it's that would so be my... pain. It's so painful for me. It's crazy. the only way it could be worse is if it was Liverpool instead of Chelsea. But Man City Chelsea is pretty pretty shitty. Because at least when it was Liverpool Tottenham, I was like, I don't really hate Tottenham that much. Like it'd be kind of a cool story if Tottenham right. pulled it off. Fuck both these clubs. I don't want to see either of them winning. Right, exactly. It's two clubs I also hate for so many reasons. Uh, but let's take you through what happened. First of all, in the tie between the semifinal tie between PSG and Man City, Man City won four one on aggregate. Uh, Riyad Mahrez scoring three goals across both legs, only had one before this tie, so really was the difference maker in this one. Uh, They reached the finals for the first time in their history, which, you know, would be surprising, but also then you remember that Man City wasn't a club before they got that influx of money, and then you're just like, right, you guys didn't have, you don't have a history, so of course you didn't ever make the Champions League final, you fakers. Um, And for PSG... I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a fair criticism, Yannick. You don't think because that's a fair? Because if Bayern didn't have a shit ton of money and Manchester United didn't have a shit ton of money, they wouldn't be doing shit either. So, like, it's a it's a no-win situation for clubs like City because the only way you can actually get to the Champions League final, like PSG and City have, is if you get a shit ton of influx of cash because all the teams that do it already have a shit ton of influx of cash. So I don't think that's a fair criticism. As annoying um, as those clubs can be, like Bayern and, and Man U and Real Madrid and Barca – aren't winning every year because they have like some great scouting team and training. Like it's because they're all rich, right? They're all rich, but there's a difference between a team like Bayern Munich, a team like Real Madrid building money over decades and decades of success built from their own cities versus I'm going to say it, Man City and Man United, both getting influxes of cash from foreign investors, which Bayern doesn't have. Bundesliga teams aren't actually allowed to have a majority in stake for investors. That's a stupid critique. <laughs> money's no, money. true. I know money's this money, but such, this there's is a difference like between all that money. You sound like an old money like guy who then like somebody becomes an upstart and you're like, oh, not this upstart Gatsby here. You need to have decades of money. That, that's bullshit. Come on. No, I mean, I, I, I just think that I would rather... I would rather see a team, you know, have a tradition that that that's how they build their money by competing and by and by succeeding than like not having that ever. You can't anymore. I mean, even look at Leicester City. Like, yeah, they went and won the Premier League and now they're doing better. They're still nowhere near where all those top top clubs are like you're asking them to do something that is literally impossible. Leicester City compete. I mean, Leicester City is basically competing with Manchester United, who has a, a rich, rich ass guy. You wouldn't say that? Yeah, you get what my point is. Yeah, like obviously Man U's on the bottom of it, but like Leicester isn't competing for Champions League finals. Okay, but also Man City, in in getting that influx of money, even if you want to defend the influx of money, they're also then uh, violating a bunch of the FFC rules every single year and trying to get around the money that they have to spend in a fair way as well. So it's not well, like mean, right. cheating is cheating. But like, right. I, I think it's dumb when people are like, oh, screw Leipzig and PSG and Manchester, Manchester City because like the only reason they're good now is because they have money. The only reason that, yeah, like, of course, Bayern and Real and all them have the history. But the reason they're good now isn't the history. The history got them rich. And now they're good now because they're rich. Like, right. it's, a, it's a no, like they, they can't. You can't break into that sort of realm unless you get an absurd amount of money. Like that's right. just 
Right. I mean, that's fair. I, I'm not disputing that Bayern isn't there because they're rich. Of course they're rich. They get to buy every player out. But at the same time, I think there is a reason that Bayern took a little longer to dominate in the current century that we're in. Because if they had used that money and if another investor was welcome to come in and, and also spend an influx of cash, you wouldn't have seen you know Real Madrid win through Champions League straight. You would have seen Bayern do that. You know, You wouldn't have seen Barcelona do that. With Qatar Airways basically flooding them with cash, you know it's a, it's just a different. Bayern had plenty of talent. Don't make up excuses that your boys couldn't get it done in the Champions League. No, I mean it's we couldn't buy Cristiano Ronaldo for ninety nine million dollars. We couldn't do that. We did not have the money to do that. that was... You know <laughs> what's the most a Bayern Bayern person has been spent? We've spent on a Bayern player. Tell me Dude, now. I know what you're it literally is. team I know was like the World Cup. That's not the point. You're acting like you're now. You're acting like you're Leicester City. You're still your team was fine. Anyway, you guys play in the most boring league in the goddamn world. We play in the most boring league. We play in the who's, most boring Who's won it the last nine years? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's Hey, Dortmund is constantly in, in competition in Champions League, and Leipzig boring. went to the semifinals last year. What are you talking about? Was I'm I sorry, Prem. Champions League? Or was I talking about Bundesliga? I think I was talking about Bundesliga, and I said that was the most boring. I didn't say that German teams weren't doing well in Europe. I said the Bundesliga is the most boring league. Well, define boring. And even when PSG can lose in Liga well, yeah, they play some – like the soccer is entertaining. But, yeah, right, of course I mean competitive. If it's the same team winning every year, that's boring as shit. I mean, no, because I would say it's not well, very you're a competitive. Fan, so yeah, it's not boring to you. Well, no, I would say it's not competitive. I wouldn't say that it's boring. There's two different things. For example, the I La think Liga. because it's not competitive, it's boring. Okay, so then we just disagree because I think if you ever actually watch Bundesliga well, games past like how it ends, then you see that's very exciting, and a lot of the teams are also I, exciting. Teams. I said the league was boring. I didn't say the game. Yeah, they play some good soccer, but the league's boring. You know how the league is going to play out every year. I mean, I get why you don't think it's boring. If it was my favorite team winning every year, I probably wouldn't think it was that boring either. But from an outsider perspective, it's boring as shit. Yeah, I mean, agree to disagree. Um, but yeah, so PSG falls short again, you know, it kind of, it kind of seems for them, Neymar signs this new deal, um, that was surprising because people thought he was going to go to Barcelona and people thought, well, this might be the end of Neymar Mbappe. We'll see about Mbappe because, uh, he's still got some issues. We'll see if he re-signs a contract. Um, you know, it kind of talks again about the monkey on their back. They get to the finals. They don't win. They get to the semis after beating their old rival from last year. They don't win. Uh, we'll see where how far they can get if they can continue to kind of knock on the doorstep uh, until they finally get there. But for now, it is Man City in the final against Chelsea. Uh, the first leg, they tied it. You know, it was all tied, so they left it up to the second leg. And Timo Werner, Mason Mount score for the Blues. Uh, in a game in which Chelsea really created most of the chances, even though they didn't have the possession. Uh, and that's kind of a testament to Real Madrid kind of having some consistency issues. Um, but yeah, Man City versus Chelsea. Uh, in my head, I think Man City is, is the favorite in all the pundits head as well. Uh, my big reason for that is the defensive mistakes that we've been talking about in this podcast for a year have been for the most part addressed. And they're, you know, they've, they've, for example, they've allowed four goals in four games. And in the last two, two legs, they've played PSG and Dortmund, two of the most explosive offensive teams that exist in the Champions League this year. Um, so, you know, I think that defensiveness is a little stronger. And so that's why I have a little more faith in Man City. 
Um, but like this last weekend, Chelsea beat Man City. So it's it's like, you know, we'll see. I think it's definitely a little more up for grabs than people are expecting it. What are you expecting to see? Yeah, I mean, I think for like, you mentioned the PSG monkey on the back, all that. So I, I think it, this one did just come down to more like Manchester City has been the best team in Europe this year. They have. And I there is no sentence. As much as I was defending Manchester City for their financial stuff 10 minutes ago or five minutes ago, there is nothing that pains me more to say Manchester City has been the best club in Europe because for so many years they've tried to do that. And for so many years, like you mentioned, it, it, the defense certainly and just like not being able to do it. They have been this year. They, they've just been the best team. Uh, PSG was, I, I think, a little disappointing in that first leg. Uh, Mbappe, I think, kind of picked up an injury. But even before he kind of picked up a, a, a nick, it, it, he just wasn't really in that game. And, you know, they had the one-goal lead, and it just collapsed uh, with, with Gay's red card and, and De Bruyne and Mahrez scoring. scoring. So I, City, to me, has just been so good. And, and even, I, I think, whether they win or not, Kevin De Bruyne's my Ballon d'Or winner uh, this year. I, I think he's been one of the best players over the last five years, and, and certainly the talisman for that team. Uh, thank goodness Chelsea beat them also in the FA Cup semifinals, because now I can still I can still hold on to United being the only English treble winner, uh, even if if City gets gets this one done. Um, but yeah, I mean City's been the best team, and then as far as Chelsea, I mean for me with Chelsea, it, it, it all just starts with N'Golo Conte. And like the, the guy is an absolute monster. He's everywhere on the field. He, he's shutting people down. He's getting winning the ball back with tackles. He's finding guys uh, with, with brilliant passes. He's just been playing out of his mind. Um, that's part of a reason Lester did win that league, right? And Mares and, and then Conte being on that team. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think this final, it, it, it feels like cities to lose. Not that Chelsea doesn't have a chance. Like we said, they've, they've beaten them twice in the last month, but Beating a team three times, especially in that short of span, is a tough thing to do. And and I just feel like City has has been they, – they remind me kind of of like Bayern the year after Bayern lost to Chelsea in the final of the Champions League. That next year, like Bayern was just so locked in from, from game one to the end. It was like there's no way this team's not going to win the Champions League. And, and it kind of feels similar to that from City's perspective where they've just been so – so good, and and they've shored up. I mean, that defense is better than their offense now, which is kind of crazy to say. But uh, I hope Chelsea can get it done because I still would rather, as much as I want both these teams to lose, I'd still rather take a Chelsea win over a City win. Uh, but I do think City and, and Pep are going to get it done. Right, and I mean, as much as we hit on Pep for not being able to get it done, he does have Champions League final experience. So he, that does go into it. Very Thomas, true. Thomas Tuchel does not, um, as, as good of a coach as he is. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen what will happen. Guardiola will cement himself as an all-time great if he wins with two different teams, something he couldn't do with Bayern. Um, has and, anyone you know, ever, has anyone ever lost back-to-back Champions Leagues with the two different teams? Wouldn't Tuchel do that if they? Yeah, probably <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a not, an impressive, not impressive stat or an impressive stat that you don't want about yourself. A bittersweet stat. A yeah. bittersweet stat for well, sure. I got to two straight. Yeah, you lost both. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, where, do you want to put that on your resume? It's like, got two straight finals, and then in the fine print, lost both. But that Yeah, the asterisk. Oh, a little asterisk. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think for Chelsea, you know, 
they even despite went beating them this weekend i think no one's really giving them a chance so they have a 16 point deficit to man city in the premier league and they want to prove that it doesn't mean anything in the champions league the last time they were in the final they also were given no chance against bayern they shouldn't have won that game they shouldn't have won that game either. So and I think and I think this I think this Chelsea team is closer to to this city team than that Chelsea team was to Bayern. Not that that really matters, but like right. they like yeah, they but you you and me both called Chelsea as as being the dark horse in this tournament because they certainly have the talent to hang with City. Uh it's just whether all that talent plays together as as a team, which has not always been the case. Uh but they they do seem to look better with with Tuchel as as manager. I mean, heck, yeah. Timo, Timo Werner actually scored a goal five yards from from the, the net. It was incredible. I thought he was absolutely going to miss that thing. I mean, God, I will never believe that Timo Werner is a good striker. for He could score the winning goal in the FIFA World Cup final. I will still not give him that credit. I will, like, always be like, nah. I'm with you. You're, you're, you're <laughs> trash. Don't even give me that. Don't even give me that. Um, let's be honest. Kai Havertz is a better player than Timo Werner on that team, and it's just true. Um, yeah. So it'll, it's, it'll, I don't know. Who cares? I mean, for me, it's like, it'll be a fun game and maybe it'll be interesting. Um, for some reason, I just feel like Olivier Giroud is going to come in and score like an 83rd minute header to win the game. Uh, would like, be so, that would see, that would just be so spot on. Right. Like a la Drogba tying up the game in the 88th, like same thing, you know, just like, so, you know, maybe it'll be exciting. Most likely Man City will have a grip on the game, you know, and 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 win it. And, you know, as much as we do hit on them, they deserve it. They've been great over the last couple of years. They've earned their spot in this final. Uh, and, yeah, they've earned a chance to, to call themselves Champions League winners. All right. Moving. Um, actually, I'm just, you know what, we, we, we. Hit on we hit on it already, so I'm just going to mention it because uh, it is true. Bayern Munich win the Bundesliga for a ninth. <laughs> Congra- time. Congratulations! Record in the, in the European top five leagues, a record for how many times they've won. Juventus was kind of neck and neck with them. They obviously fell short this year, uh, and yeah, really, really good. Lewandowski scored three goals in their six zero win against Gladbach, which uh, kind of gave them the Bundesliga title. He's now, I think, three goals from the record, which is 40 goals by Garrett Muller. Um, 40 goals in 36 games. That's crazy to me. Um, we'll see if he can do it. I, I, I think, you know, because the Ballon d'Or didn't happen last year, I, st- I think he's very much a finalist for it this year, even though they didn't do the same stuff. Uh, so I think that, uh, you know, he's not my – I don't know if he's my pick. I don't know who is my pick. It's kind who of crazy. Would be, who would be your top three? I'm, I would I'm, say – Because I, I, I think I – think, Messi, Lewandowski, De Bruyne. Right. I mean, I think, yes. I would say Messi, Lewandowski, De Bruyne. And honestly, I would say N'Golo Kante, De Bruyne, and Lewandowski before I would say Messi. I know it's going to be yeah. Messi because I know it's going to be Messi because they have to include one of them and they can't include Ronaldo this year because he's not. No, sucked. they can't. Right. Like, Messi at least has earned, like, at least, like, if Messi gets it, it wouldn't be like, oh, that's a travesty. If Ronaldo got it this year or was a finalist this year, I'd be like, are you, why are we even doing this award? Why? Just call it the Ronaldo award and yeah, give it to him like, every year. Yeah. Ever make flip a coin and give it to Messi or Ronaldo. We'll make up a whole nother award for the rest of the players in the world. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, and I, I think any of those players, uh, those four guys would deserve it for sure. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. I think a lot of the, the good play this year has been team-oriented um, more than past years. Like 
Last year, Lewandowski was so dominant in a treble winning season. So, of course, he would have won it. Um, this year, they don't win the treble. He's having personal success. But, like, you know, how do you balance that with the singular success Bayern has had, which they're usually at least getting the double, and they didn't this year. Uh, it's between Dortmund and Leipzig, uh, the day of Papal Cup final. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I suppose, too, uh, and I, this, is, this should be when I sit on my uh, soapbox and say that I want Bruno Fernandez to at least get some Ballon d'Or love because he's been an absolute monster but uh mostly what i was going to say is we'll have to wait till the euros as well because i feel like they love to give the ball door to somebody that's dominated like an international competition so if like any of those three players that we mentioned or even just somebody that maybe on the outskirts goes and dominates that tournament and wins the euros then that, that i would probably even say they're the favorite i don't know if they would deserve it but like i feel like the award itself they love to give it to somebody that is like like Modric in uh, in the World Cup, you know, a couple of years ago. Not that he didn't deserve it, but like they love that sort of narrative with the award. Right, exactly. Um, and I'm sure with lots of teams to play, there will be some kind of a narrative to follow, whatever it is. If Ronaldo does well in that tournament, they're going to give it to him anyway. They're not going <laughs> to care if Portugal goes to the final. Um, I mean, hey, they have a group with France and Germany. If they went to the final, I would also feel like that's fair um i would feel like that's well earned all right let's uh talk away from soccer for a sec we'll go back when we give some predictions but matthew the big news on draft night the biggest news was basically not draft news it was the breaking news that aaron Rodgers does not want to come back to the packers at least while the gm is there he's reportedly told people close to him that he wants the gm out or he isn't coming back it seems like uh, LaFleur wants Rodgers, is timid on the issue. Rodgers hasn't really addressed the reports like in the media. Like I haven't seen him, you know, out and about, you know, talking. Um, but he's been talking through players, through friends. So it kind of seems like it's legit. What What's happening? Because I feel like I, I watch Center and Get Up and I'm just like, what is he actually saying? What's the actual, you know, what's the actual situation? Everybody can guess but i haven't heard rogers actually say anything about it so it makes me not really know so what's going to happen what do you think is going to happen is this marriage like unsalvageable you know will it happen this season or next like what what are your thoughts as a packers fan kind of having a little more insight maybe well i mean it certainly has been one like as quote unquote breaking i feel like it was only breaking news because it like Schefter announced it right before the draft so it was like oh here's the Everyone's got all their eyes in the NFL. Let's drop some breaking news about one of the most popular players in the NFL because it's not like this came out of nowhere. Right. Like, it's not like Aaron Rodgers has been pleased with the Packers over the last two years and then dropped this bombshell. Like this is a storm that's been brewing for a while now. There, um, you know, as I kind of always am with these high-profile quarterbacks, especially when they've still got—I mean, he's under contract till 2023, I believe—and has so much money on that contract. Those, those contracts are just so hard to move. And and I don't think Green Bay, or at least I would pray Green Bay, wouldn't even think about moving him unless it's an absolute treasure trove because otherwise, why would you do it? Um, I, I don't think he's going to be going anywhere at, at this offseason. Like, I, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is playing for anybody else next year. I'm not entirely sure Aaron Rodgers will be playing for Green Bay, though. You know, he's he's made a lot of money. And he's kind of like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers likes to be sort of uh, an individual. 
that's not like the best word I'm looking like looking for, but you kind of get my sentiment where I think he would sit out for a year. I do. Like I, he, he might lose all that money, but like I said, he's made money. He's got an actress fiance. Like money wise, he's fine. He'll just do state farm commercials. And I think he doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks about him too. Where like, I could see him sitting out and, and not playing this year with Green Bay. I, I think that's more likely than them trading him away elsewhere. I think he will play, but I think it's more likely that he, he stays on the roster uh, and doesn't play than actually is playing somewhere else. Right. I agree. I just like, I, I've heard some of the trade packages that could be for Rogers and only one of them has really made sense to me, especially post draft where you hear all these GMs really talk up their own guys you know, they want to go with the young guys as much as Aaron Rodgers is the MVP and well-deserved. You know, they do want to build the Trey Lances and they want to build those guys up to be their franchise quarterbacks for years to come. Um, the one that, that interested me, which I want to ask you about, Miami Dolphins. They have a bunch of draft capital, a bunch of first rounders coming up, and they have Tua Tunga-Vailoa. Do you think that the Dolphins could offer like three first round picks and Tua Tunga-Vailoa and that would be enough? that honestly that might be enough i mean because just because the value of first round picks are so great and like that could be the case too where it's like if you get enough first round picks hell Tua doesn't even have to be like you can take Tua and he doesn't even have to be the answer you can just be like all right we'll throw Tua in there too we got jordan love we also got enough first round picks where we could take a flyer on somebody else depending on how the draft falls you know next year and, and where the draft position would be so i I think there probably is a deal that's that that could be out there, but but it's like you said, does a team want to give up a lot of a future? Because like Miami could take those three first round picks and and build a hell of a future, even even you know regardless of Tua. Do you want to you know hurt your future in that fashion to get three four more years of Rodgers being really well? I, I I'm not saying either one's the right choice. But I, I'm not sure an NFL team would make that decision. It might be worth it because, look, like Tampa Bay, it just showed, like, it, it's all about getting a Super Bowl. And Tampa Bay will now make hundreds and hundreds of thousands more dollars over the next five to ten years because they won that one Super Bowl. They don't have to win another game. But, like, just getting to the pinnacle does a lot for you as a franchise. Um, so I – I would I wouldn't be horribly against that that uh, that deal, especially too. Like from my perspective, I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for being pissed. Like they have not really helped. He's been one of the most talented players in the NFL of the last decade, and they haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl since you know winning it in his like third or fourth year as a starter. That's horrendous. And when you, you know you have a guy who's that important and crucial to your team who's like hey i would really like this to happen and then you know i'd like i'd like you to zig and then you zag what the hell do you want that guy's reaction to be like it's gonna feel very undermining um and as much as i i get the packers trying to figure out what their future is going to look like post aaron Rodgers, you got to make the most of that kind of talent when you have it because the chances of, of your next quarterback i mean we've gotten insanely lucky going from brett Favre to aaron Rodgers. The, the chances of our next quarterback being good again, slim to none. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it seems like an impossible situation because for me, like, for example, there's reports that they say they've offered him a long-term deal. And in my head, I'm just like, 
yeah, like, of course, he's going to be great for a couple more years. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to, you know, still, it's not like next year he's fallen off the wagon or anything. Um, but like, you know, when you fought with your girlfriend and you guys kind of broke up and now it's like, maybe we shouldn't have, but also like some words have been said that can't be taken back. And it's just like, I, what's you know, done is done. what's done is done. So in my head, I'm just like, I, I would love that Miami trade for them. Cause it's, you're right. They have draft capital. So if there's a great guy, they can go up and get him. Right. They have Tua who might end up being a superstar still. We don't know that he's not going to be. We still have not. The jury's out on him still. Uh, it's We only saw him half a year and the Dolphins were dumb with what he did with him anyway. So it's like hard to blame that on Tua. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I'm, the out front office too still has at least some sort of hope in Jordan Love or else why the hell did you pick him? Right. Exactly. That was my going to be my next question. Like if Rogers sits out. Like, why haven't we heard any, like, thing about Jordan Love? Like, are we, are you guys going to get, like, another veteran to play for you? Or are we, are we starting Jordan Love? That's, that would be a good question. I, I, I feel like, I mean, I, this is my optimistic Packer look on it, where I'm like, I'm hoping you guys are just, like, playing him close to the chest. And, you know, Jordan Love was always going to be a project as well. Um, but it, there's, <laughs> there aren't a lot of whispers about, like, Oh man, Jordan Love looked really good here and there, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But you would like to have a, a little bit of of that news coming out. But maybe there's just too much other quarterback drama with Green Bay to anyone give a shit about Jordan Love. Right, but I yeah, but I agree, man. Like I feel like if Jordan Love was in training camp and killing it, we would be the Matt Lafleur wouldn't be like, dear God, I hope Rodgers come back. He'd be like, you know, like I want Rodgers to be back. If he's not back. We got love in the wings, you know, or the GM would be like that too. I haven't heard damn shit about Jordan Love. Everybody's like, I guess Jordan Love will start, but is he still on the team? Is he still there? Yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's not it's not a great situation. And mostly, like I just said, it it terrifies me for like you you just don't go from a one Hall of Fame quarterback to another one. The fact that that, that happened in Green Bay is insane that, that we went from Favre to Rogers. So there is no optimism for me as a fan that we're going to find our quarterback. Like I, it's the, the name of the game for most NFL franchises is we are trying to find a quarterback for years and years to come. I, as having lots of Chicago bears fans as friends, I, I know this, like it is, and it's a, it's a tough thing to find. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as, as, now looking post Tom Brady as a Patriots fan, I I, I feel that so I I do get it. Um, you know my favorite trade package that I saw, and I just want to mention it before we move on: the Falcons trading Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for Aaron Rodgers. That would be so much fun. I would love that. Can you believe Brady versus Rodgers twice a year? Oh, Dude, I, and I take I take Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. They got with plenty Devontae of Adams. Left. Oh my God! Left. Oh my God! Can you believe Aaron Aaron Jones, Julio Jones, Devonte Adams, and Matt Ryan on one offense? That that uh, that's winning the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. At least that year it is. I would, yeah. you know, Jesus. I, I hope. I hope. Unless we just unless we just kick field goals again. Oh God. Um. Yeah. So you know, we will continue to cover the situation. It seems endless. Um. Kind of like Deshaun Watson was before everybody decided that we need to stay away from that one until we know what's going on uh, we don't want Um, to touch you anymore right now deshaun yeah deshaun um look there's some stuff that's come up that we really uh we need some answers before we not not a great look 
not a great look, my friend. Oh boy. Yeah. He's oh yeah, that situation. Crazy. The NFL. <laughs> yeah, the NFL. Right. Truly, truly. Always, always issues and problematic. All right. So we've got a lot of finals coming up. So I wanted to give some quick fire position uh, predictions. Dave Papelkel final not featuring Bayern after they lost kind of, you know, shockingly to Holstein Kiel a couple rounds ago. It's between the top two teams other than them, Leipzig and Dortmund. Who do you think is winning that one? Now, this is an exciting competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I think it's going to be a fun one. It's it's a, a interesting matchup, but I, I think, man, if you would have asked me like a month and a half ago or or somewhere, I probably would have gone Leipzig just because I felt like they weren't they weren't to the level they were last year, but they'd been a little more consistent. We saw we've seen Dortmund just just kind of struggle to find themselves much of the season, but over the last month they they've started to look kind of more like the Dortmund we expect them to be. And I just think too, you, you look at the rosters. Dortmund's got Dortmund's got a few more game breakers. To to you know make that sort of play in a in a champion or champions in a final um, that can you know get you that that one goal you need or that that lone opening that you need. So I just think there's a there's a few more guys on Dortmund that can that break, make that game breaking play. Uh, so I am going to go Dortmund, but I think it's going to be a fun one. I'm going like Dortmund four to two. Hey, I love that. I would I would love that. Yeah, I think Dortmund as well for me. You know, <clears throat> they beat them this past weekend and and kind of denied Leipzig the chance to get the title. And and to be honest, they just have the more talented players. They're not consistent, which is why they don't finish top two right now. Um, but you don't need to be consistent in the final. You just need to be good. So, like, I think that they're going to win, and that's going to be – I see a high-scoring one as well, <clears throat> um, at least from the Dortmund side. We'll see what Leipzig can put in. But it was 3-2 this weekend. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw a 4-2 final. All right, the La Liga race is still on. It is on. It is crazy. Uh, We saw some results that made it even crazier. Right now, as it stands, Atletico is at the top with 77, Real Madrid 75, Barcelona 75, Sevilla 71. So we got six points separating first and fourth. Sevilla, for the most part, out of that one. Three games to go, six points behind. Still, Unfortunately. Still could cause something depending on how everybody else plays out, but but you know for the most part we're not going to talk about them. Um, and just so you know, the fifth place is Real Sociedad, and they have fifty six. Just to show you how dominant those four teams have been over the season, it's just like the gap is ridiculous. It's like fourteen points from fourth, um, which is crazy to me. Um, but who do you think is going to win? We ha- we have games. Barcelona's playing today. By the weekend, we're going to have our second to last game played. Kind of, uh, you know, who do you think is going to win? I, I mean, it is it is such an exciting race, but it's also one of these races with with Real and Barca Atletico, where I'm like, do any of you guys want to win? <laughs> like because like even like Madrid, I know Sevilla's played well, but like Madrid has this great chance to to go and and take the lead or at least tie points wise with with Atleti after Atleti's draw, and then they draw with Sevilla. Like none of the teams, they all have like had an opportunity to be like, all right, yeah, we're gonna go take this. So I'm going with Atletico. I, I thought we we were going to talk about this last week, and in my notes, I was going to go with Barca because it seemed like Messi had turned up the notch, as we've seen Leo Messi do so many times, and that he was going to just single-handedly be like, all right, I'll, I'll go get this trophy for us, guys, as I, as I do. Um, but it's <laughs> none of these teams are, are grabbing hold, so I think that means Atletico is just going to ride these next three games. Like I, I have no confidence that Madrid or Barcelona will make enough uh, plays in, in their in their games to end the season to 
to overtake Atletico. So I'm going with Madrid uh, or Atletico Madrid, which I also just don't want to pick Barca Real. So that's fair. And you know what? <laughs> I th- I think the real chance for anybody else to win other than Atletico Madrid um, who just doesn't give up a lot of goals. That's another thing for me. You know, even if they, they're never going to lose, they might tie, but they're really never going to lose. So I think the real chance, Barcelona played them this past week and they tied 0-0. It like, if that's not an indication as to who's going to win, I don't know what is. If it was a 3-3 tie, exciting, anybody could have grabbed it. The spoils were shared, whatever. But a 0-0 tie, you couldn't get out and go one goal to get the La Liga title, then you're not going to get it then you're not going to get it, you know? So I think Atletico is top now, and that's just how it stands. I don't know who wins or loses in these last three games, but I think that regardless, I think Atletico's got it in the bag. Um, And I think if they weren't going to get it, it would have happened this past weekend, and it didn't. Atletico and Barca don't finish the season with with too daunting of a task either. We're like, I I could maybe, I guess, see Real Madrid, like, because Atletico might get a a 1-1 draw, but like, they gotta go. They gotta play Athletic Bilbao. They gotta play Villarreal. Real's got a, a few more tougher matches, and we've seen Real Madrid not, you know, take care of business as we're normally used to. So I, I'm with you. I think it's I think it's going with Atleti, which I'm I'm happy with. Me too. And I think if it's not Atleti, it's one of the it's one of the Madrid teams because in my head, if you're Barcelona and you can score 80 goals in 35 games, but you can't score one when you need to, that's for me. Then it's like I'm not giving it to you because it's just yeah. you don't want you don't want it enough. You don't want enough. You score 80 goals, but in the game that you need to score just one, you can't. Yeah, forget it. Forget it. It's not happening. Um, it's I, true. I just just don't think so. Uh, that's never how it works, that you miss your chance and you still get it back. That's just not how soccer works. So Yeah, especially uh, when it's like such such a per- – like here it is on a platter. Go get this W with three matches to go after and like you will probably win. And they weren't – like I said, I was, I was betting on Messi to, to get it done, but he's still only one man. He needs a little help. Right, but I'm gonna go a little. I'm gonna be a little harsher. I think if Messi wants to be a Ballon d'Or candidate, he scores a goal in that game, and he didn't. And I know maybe that's unfair, but like that's what Ballon d'Or winners do. They win for their teams. De Bruyne has won for de- his team. Tough defense, though. Like you said, it's a tough defense. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm with, I'm with you. I'm with you. But like, it's, it's also, it's not the normal Barca team where you're like, like they, Atletico just had to key on Messi. You know, like those other guys just aren't dangerous enough or at least not consistently dangerous enough but a fair fair point certainly right for sure all right especially when we've seen him do it before yeah exactly it's not like he hasn't done it before he's done it before yeah um (laughs) plenty of times a whole decade of our lifetime he's done it um no but now on to the league on race and we thought you know oh can psg lose this but like probably not. And then they go out and tie Ren 1-1 this weekend, which means they are three points behind Lille with two games to go. It's still possible that Lille drops points and and, and PSG does have the significant goal differential advantage. So it's like, if it's tied, PSG is going to win. But like, I'm going Lille. Get fucked, PSG. I'm going Lille. I'm with you. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, I think Lille's getting it done. And they just like, Lille too... A lot of times you'll see a team like in this position and, and they like they don't seem to have like it feels like they're barely hanging on. I think Leo feels as confident as any team on top of the standings. Like I think Leo's like, no, we deserve to be where we're at and we're going to go get that trophy. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I think Leo's Leo's got this. And maybe that wouldn't be the case if PFG, PSG had won and there was a little bit more pressure on him. But uh, no, nah, I, I think Leo 
I think Leo gets it done and uh, good. That's what you, that's what you get PSG. That's what you get PSG. Also like to be a little, I, I was a little unfair to the league. Uh, I assumed that PSG had just won eight years in a row. Granted they won four years, <clears throat> had a gap and then won three years. Cause Monaco won. I forgot Monaco won the league. Um, so my bad, French league. That's, I, why, that's why I could defiantly say that Bundesliga was the. I disagree. I, if you, no, if I, you've I, ever watched a league all game, I got I got. I got to. Uh, I got to rile you up a little bit. No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm. I'm with you. That's probably the most riled up I've gotten on this podcast. I wanted to spit. I was so mad. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been that I mad mean, on the podcast. Uh, you know, the thing that was that you like shattered my argument because like literally what I could really only make was it's boring in the sense of like Bayern only wins, but like Bundesliga soccer is so much fun to watch that it, it makes up for a uh, more straightforward like championship race because you're like, ah, he's still going to be good games. Right. We gun. Uh, not always <laughs> the case. It's just a lot of re- it's a lot of red cards, which can be fun, but it's like Syria. It's like, uh, you know, yeah. a lot of fouls. All right. Um, and last but not least, the FA Cup final. Um, it is between Chelsea and Leicester. Um, what are we thinking about that final? You know, most of the time I would say whoever's in the Champions League final domestically, they're not going to do so well. They're not focusing on that. You know, we'll see. But the game is May 29th, the Champions League final. So in my head, I think this is far enough away where they are focusing on this. They want to use it as a tune-up for that final in two weeks. You know, it's two low-scoring sides, so it kind of can go either way. In my head, I think it probably goes to penalties and one of them wins. Um, but I think Chelsea is going to win. I think Chelsea is going to use this as a statement match to show, you know, we're, we can win trophies and, and we're going to win this one and we're going to win the next one. So I, 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 I am going Chelsea with this one. Well, it's a big, I mean, both these matches too, it like provides such an opportunity for Chelsea to like, and what's been a very interesting year, like they do a double with the FA and, and the Champions League. Like that's a pretty damn good year uh, for, for any club. I'd certainly take it. God damn it, Lester. Um, but, uh, we got such a shit lineup out today. We're not going to win this game. Um, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Leicester just because I kind of think this Chelsea team too, they like being the underdog. Like, I I think that's why I give them a chance in the city game. Like, I think they like kind of being like the people aren't, people are doubting us. We can't get it done. So we're going to get it done, which is a hilarious card for a team like Chelsea to be able to play, but Hey, whatever motivation you can find works. So I kind of think Lester being in that being the obvious underdog in that one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with them, and, I, and Lester just kind of seems to have Chelsea's number at times. Like they just they just play them well. I think Jamie Vardy makes makes enough plays, and uh, I think I just want to see Lester get a get some silverware, even though they just God, that was a hell of a goal. Sell David De Gea. I'm done. <laughs> if you can't tell man matt is watching manchester united play leicester as we do this podcast um yeah. not how that was a very confusing ah fuck leicester they're gonna win the fa cup right exactly um so he's taking leicester i'm taking chelsea lots of exciting finals to happen this weekend we'll report the winners for all of them next week but now we go to the world of boxing where we had canelo alvarez and saunders fight it out to have a kind of unified middleweight title card uh, and it was an eighth round TKO after Saunders had a fractured orbital bone and couldn't continue into the ninth round. So Canelo gets the unified middleweight title. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know I love Canelo. Almost Alvarez. unified. Almost unified because it's just like it never Fucking is unified. Boxing. 
Yeah, it's like Android is like is there, and so we'll see like if he. This can is why it. YouTubers are able to break into your sport boxing because you have no goddamn consistency on anything. It's just a bunch of money moves. Right. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Angry. 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 But Canelo Alvarez. What do we think about Canelo? Like, what do we think about Canelo? Where does he rank pound for pound right now uh, as a boxer? And, you know, obviously hard to say with heavyweights, especially in boxing specifically. Um, but yeah, where do you see? I mean, he's he's been very dominant in that fight. He wasn't like, he didn't win every round, but he did seem kind of comfortable uh, up until the TKO against like another champ. Uh, so where do we see Canelo Alvarez after this fight? Yeah, I mean, heavyweight wise, the only heavyweight that I think even has a, argument to make as being best pound for pound with Canelo in this argument is Tyson Fury. As much as Joshua and Wilder are good, I don't think they're nearly the complete sort of boxers that Tyson Fury is, um, and, and certainly not the complete sort of boxer that Canelo is. I'm such a Terrence Crawford fan that like, I want to say Terrence Crawford could be the best, but I think it's got to be Canelo. I think Canelo has to be the number one boxer right now, pound for pound. He's, he's you know over 50 wins, and he just keeps on winning and in, in more in more dominant fashion. Um, so yeah, I think I think Crawford has an argument. I think you could probably throw Errol Spence and and like I said, Tyson Fury in that discussion. But really, especially when you consider the last even just like kind of five to ten years, like I I, I think Canelo has has shown that that he's the best pound for pound boxer. So yeah, I've, I've got him number one in the world. Well, that's all we're going to talk about boxing. Boxing. If you want to be more in this podcast, fix yourself. Because I'm not gonna figure it, figure it the hell out. I'm not gonna. I want to talk about boxing, but that's all I have to say about that fight. Like, I really, that's all I have to say about it. So we're gonna move on. God damn, no damn. Like, this guy's a middleweight champion. Well, this guy's a middleweight champion. And now they'll unify the belt. What are you talking about? One middleweight. Like, and and like, and and honestly, too. Like, I mean, even soccer leagues. As in, there's a Bundesliga, La Liga. Every year, there's a tournament to decide who's the best soccer team. Like. It's just such a such a money grab sport, and I mean that's there's a reason it's not as popular as it used to be, and there's a reason UFC now has such a bigger popularity around it, even though they still make I mean God the the Fury Wilder or the Fury part uh, Fury Joshua numbers that are rumored to come out are an absurd amount of money, so that's probably why nothing's going to change because like I, I, there's rumor that both of them are going to make near nine digits like a hundred million dollars so you know a lot of other people are, are getting a taste of that and they're like eh, we don't see any reason to change this thing which is a shame because it it, it really does diminish the sport in my in my opinion it does and you know what i'm so mad that they haven't just followed ufc's lead like honestly like have a have a have a have a bracket one per one per weight have, you know just have a league like what? right have here's the right. bill this is right. the best and you know what? To still incorporate those amateurs that make you a lot of money, have one professional, one amateur. Whoever becomes the champion of the amateur can go into the professional. And there you go. That's another win for them. And you can still make that money. And it's just so boring to watch. And I just don't give a shit. I keep watching fucking boxing and I'm like, well, who cares? And it's, and it's like, and it's, I mean, what's upsetting too is like, I mean, because I've gotten, I wasn't a huge UFC guy five years ago but I've gotten a lot into it because it's easy to follow. If you don't know anything about boxing, how are you supposed to, because literally you show up and you're like, wait, I thought this dude was the best. Why is this guy also the best? Why does he have a belt? If he's supposed to have the belt, like 
how are you as a fan supposed to understand the sport that you're watching if you've never watched it? Like you're not ever going to get any new fans. Also, like, have a better interface on ESPN. I can look at UFC fights that are coming up. Boxing, I have to, like, search. When is it? Who's fighting? Is anyone fighting? Do I need to pay attention? Who cares? Well, there's top, there's top rank, and then there's Showtime that's got boxing. And I guess at least HBO doesn't do boxing anymore. But that's because <laughs> they're like, this is a dying sport. Right. So boxing, fix yourself. And, we'll, and we'd love to talk about you more, but we won't until you fix yourself. Uh, except to. for the... Except for the biggest fights. We'll talk the biggest fights. Past that, we don't give a shit. Okay, let's talk about someone else we don't give a shit about. Tim Tebow <laughs> is back in the NFL. What a uh, segue, Yannick. Woo! <laughs> that, I that, loved that. That's called a year of progress, baby, that I could do that. <laughs> Tim Tebow back in the NFL, not as a quarterback, not as a quarterback, as a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. If there was one team that was going to sign Tim Tebow, it was going to be Jacksonville, wasn't it? My God. Um, I, you know, we won't spend more time on this than this question I'll have for you, which I'm excited for your answer. Do we think he can succeed as a tight end in the NFL? <laughs> no. Maybe maybe if this was 10 goddamn years ago and he was still, you know, a young man ready to make his way into the NFL. But, like, it's such a – he is the most annoying athlete in the world. And I don't even really blame him for it because like, you know, he's just trying to do shit, but like the way he's covered and like ESPN is like breaking news, Tim, T breaking news for what? That a very average quarterback from 10 years ago, who was just trying to make it into baseball the last few years is now going to go and attempt to be a tight end. Like it, it's so, so dumb. And I, I'm sure Tim's a fine guy, but, God, his career and everything around it is so annoying because it's like you – one of the greatest college football players of all time. You haven't done shit in the last decade. Like, I, you won I, how, one playoff how, game. How do I still have to give a game. shit about you? Like right. I, I don't go and find out about what Vin Young, Vince Young's doing every day, but I always have to hear about goddamn Tim Tebow. Right, exactly. And also, I have a question, Tim Tebow. How big are you now? Tight ends – like I would love to be – opposite Tim right. Tebow while he tries to block me. Are you kidding? As a linebacker, I'm just plowing over Tim Tebow every game. And, That's and the tight end position is so much different, where it's like, either you better be basically an offensive tackle or a legitimate wide receiver. Like, these guys are not... This isn't the tight end position that uh, you were playing with, dude. Like, they are... They're quite different now. Right. They should just sign him as a receiver if they want to sign him as anything. Don't sign him as a tight end. You think he's going to block anybody? Sign him as the fucking mascot. It's, he's going to about do as much as the goddamn Jaguar. Right. I mean, Ugh. I will say one thing. The Jaguars who want to like bring more hype to their team, they get Trevor Lawrence, they sign Tim Tebow. Lots of people will be talking about the Jaguars. So that's that mission accomplished there, even if he doesn't get on the field. Um, so I guess that's something. It's like the Mets signing him. Were they ever going to play him in the majors? No. No, Come on. no, not a That's, chance. That was never happening. Oh my god! All right, here, let me go try and break into the MLB, even though I haven't played baseball in forever. A sport that guys who play it every day can't even break into the. Uh. Yeah, we're done. Like I said, good. Like do do you, Tim? But the media coverage around you is incessantly annoying. Oh, I guess now now we're a part of it. Yeah, I guess we are either, a part of you it. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. Ugh, Batman. 
Always, always so true. Sick Dark Knight reference. Sick Dark Knight reference. Um, yeah. So let's go on um, to another uh, sport that, you know, we don't really talk about a lot, but there's some controversy, so we'll talk about it. Uh, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so Medina Spirit pulled off a shocking upset to give trainer Bob Baffert his record seventh Derby win. Uh, had the six best odds, so no one was expecting to win. Baffert and John Velasquez, the jockey, get back-to-back wins. Velasquez has four wins in his career, which is also a record. But then Medina Spirit tests positive for too much of an anti-inflammatory steroid. And they're goddamn their, cheaters. They're goddamn cheaters. And you know what? Is anyone surprised that there's cheaters in horse racing? Like, come on. This isn't news, guys. Come on. It's like the, the quintessential sport to cheat in. It's the quintessential yeah. sport to cheat in because, like, the horses don't know what they're doing. So, so like, <laughs> so, like, they can't be sketchy. I want to see it from the Medina Spirit. I want to hear from the horse. It's like Medina Spirit refuses to give his commentary on the issue. He refuses to talk to the media. He, ref- he, just, he just walked away. He kicked shit at us, actually. It was really, <laughs> really, uh, it was really he graphic. He shit and he walked away. And that God. was powerful, powerful statement by by the horse. Right, exactly. Um, but like a uh, great win being marred by controversy. Bob Baffert has been a cheater. If anyone's been following horse racing, I, I did some research. He has been a cheater for years, so not surprised at all that he's getting caught here. Um, but in terms of horse racing, I thought this was an interesting. It's the first time we've talked horse racing on the podcast. So Matt, do you watch the Kentucky Derby? Is that something that you do? I do. I, I, here's, so I, I've got, um, as conflicting, I suppose, again, I'm a part of the problem. I, I do like watching the triple crown. I, I like watching all the races. I think it's pretty exciting. I have no idea why we're still horse racing. There, there is no reason to do, I mean, it's kind of like boxing. There's just way too much fucking money around the sport that like, there's just a bunch of rich people getting richer. So nothing's probably going to change, but like we don't need to be doing horse space racing anymore. First off, there's so many more sports to enjoy. Like I'm sure back in the day when we didn't have basketball and soccer and all that, we're like, oh, we might as well just ride some horses around. We'll see who the best is. There, there are a plethora of other sports to enjoy. And in most of those other sports, the competitors aren't constantly getting put down. Like it, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a sport that has like so much bad, like God, you know, if horses are constantly dying. Maybe we shouldn't fucking do this anymore. Like, how much do we love horse racing that we have to be like, well, got to break some eggs to make it happen. Like, no, you it's, don't. it's a sport that needs to to go away. Uh, it's just there's no there's no reason for it, especially with the repercussions that that occur with like the horses dying and, and being put down as much as they are. Right. There's only one sport. I mean, that's not true. But in America, anyway, there's only one popular sport where animals are constantly being abused and it's horse racing. So if there's only one sport that does that, why are we still why are we still entertaining it, guys? Like with millions of dollars, not even like not even like we just sometimes do it, you know, and yeah, I think it's a sport that will kind of meet its end as we like start to move together as a society. but maybe not. I think probably will always exist in some circles because money will always be around and uh it that will always be something that people you know, spend money on and they can abuse the system because it involves an animal that doesn't know any better. So I, uh, 
yeah, really sad. We, we put this in a sad place, and uh, I think that's the right place to put it because it's true. That's I, where I, it is. Yeah, it's and like true. even if the horses like enjoy the shit out of it, because like I remember I I got to go to Alaska and we did some dog sledding stuff, and like you could tell these ho- these dogs were having the time of their life, like they were having an absolute blast. But it, that sport doesn't end with the dogs routinely having to get put down because of injuries and stuff. Like if the, if that's what the end end game is, it's just not, it it can't be worth it. Right. It's not. Um, but we will watch it, I guess, while it's still around and, uh, give you the commentary. Yeah, I say that, like, I was like, I love, I like watching the triple crown, but Jesus, we probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, uh, that's all we'll say about the Kentucky Derby. We'll end our news section with a record that was broken, a record that people thought was impossible to break has been broken. Russell Westbrook breaks Oscar Robertson's triple-double record. He recorded his 182nd triple-double in his career last night against the Atlanta Hawks. Congratulations to Russell Westbrook. Uh, Matt, do we think of Russell Westbrook high enough in terms of all-time greats? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. You know, I mean, I, there's... I know you, you never, I like, I don't want to diminish Russell Westbrook's triple doubles at all because it is insane. I mean, I remember growing up as, as a, a basketball fan and like the first time I learned about Oscar Robertson and he was the only one to ever average a triple double. And now Russell's done that, what, like three straight years, four straight, like it, the money, the money line for if Russell Westbrook was going to get a triple double the other night was minus 400. Like that, that's basically Vegas saying there's no fucking chance he doesn't get a triple double, which is insane. But like the game has changed a lot where the game's a lot faster. The game is so like the ability to get a triple double is certainly much easier now than it was even 10 years ago. I mean, if you, if you look at the guys that that get triple doubles or how many triple doubles there are now, or like the all time triple double list, it, the the last 10 years is is filled with more guys than, you know, the previous 50. Um, But he, the fact that he makes it so routine is insane. The the 2020 game was wild to me, like 21 assists, 24 rebounds, or maybe vice versa. Like that, that's absurd. And I think, you know, not even talking about the triple doubles, like give some love to the Wizards because we were talking about them at the start of the season as just one of the worst teams in the league. Like we were like, oh yeah, Russell Beal, they'll be fun. And they were horrible to start this year. Over the last couple of weeks, they've been as good as any team in the league. And, and they sit not super comfortably, but I think comfortably enough right now that they'll probably make the play-in tournament. And that's that's a credit to Russell Westbrook. That's a credit to the whole roster and a credit to, to Scotty Brooks. Um, obviously, his, his old coach with OKC, you can see that that relationship, how well Russell works with Scott Brooks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a credit to, to Russ and a credit to, to the rest of the guys. As we said, Russell Westbrook is when, – when you get a triple-double like that, when you get 21 assists, 24 re- – you are controlling the ball a lot. Doesn't mean he's bad, but he is a guy that you have to figure out how to play with because of how ball dominant he is in every facet of the game. And it seems like his teammates have figured that out, and it seems like he's figured that out with them. And 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 good on the Wizards. They might be tenth, but from where they were a couple of months ago, they've been you know one of the best turnarounds in the NBA. Right. Um, I don't want to see Westbrook and Bradley Beal in the in the play playoff play in tournament or the playoffs at all ever. 
Um, so that's definitely a testament to them. We'll see if they can make any noise in the play-in tournament. Uh, but yeah, for now, congratulations, Russell Westbrook. A great record to break, and I'm sure he'll hold that record uh, for a little less time than Oscar Robertson just because of how the game has been played. Um, but I'm sure it'll still be a long time. So we shall see who is the next to traverse those waters. But for now, we have reached the end of our news section. Move on over to the next hour of this podcast. Where we'll be talking all things NFL Draft. <laughs> 